<laughs> this is how we do it. We just start. Yeah. Hello, bonjour, and wagwan, everyone. Thank you for joining us another episode of the DNA Airways. I am your wonderful host. I don't know why I threw in a wonderful Friday. You feeling good? Uh, anyway. <laughs> I'm feeling good, yeah. I'm here with my partner in crime, Anthony. Yes, sir. How are you doing, good, sir? Good man, flanneled up from, uh, well, I was going to say head to toe, but that'd be weird. Flanneled up. Yeah, I'm feeling good, though, man. <laughs> You're looking good, feeling good. That's all yes, that matters. Yes, yes, yeah, yes, yes. And uh, we have a, what did we, what did we say? A, a three-time visitor, yeah, three-time three guest on yeah. the show, Sarah Rose Black. And uh, she brought company this time, um, <laughs> Mr. Yeah. Andrew Asenzo, right? That's right. Perfect. Yeah. Welcome. Glad to have you both here. Looking forward to this chat today. Yeah. Yeah. So a lot has changed since our uh, last conversation uh, with Sarah Rose. I don't know how much of that you want to drop in here, but feel free to take the mic here if uh, <laughs> if there's anything you want to uh, share to get started. Oh, absolutely. Well, thank you for having us. It's always a pleasure and your support means the world to us. And mm. we're thrilled to be back. And this time we're back as parents. We have a one and a half year old. Congrats. So that's yeah. been the beautiful, beautiful. <laughs> the biggest life update. So life is full and rich. Um, yeah. Lots of music happening at home as well as at work. I'm back at Princess Margaret doing my music therapy thing. Nice, yeah. And continuing to teach. Um, just finished up with a cohort of graduate students here. So the next generation of music therapists is out there in nice. the world which is exciting so important yeah and, yeah uh, yeah and i'm thrilled to have andrew senzo here i don't know if you want to take over yeah it's uh it's so great to be here it's my first time yes. on the show so i have a welcome bit of yeah, welcome. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah no it's wonderful to be here and things are busy and um yeah it's been just over a year that you know live performance has been kind of back and forth yeah. since covid yeah. so it's been uh it's been an exceptionally busy year on the performing yeah. front and um you know the school year is just getting started i teach at u of t oh, nice. okay. nice. cello studio there so just getting prepped for that after the weekend and nice so yeah lots yeah, going on been, uh, lots crazy yeah. and then you uh so let's just i'm gonna throw right out there too right off the top and we'll mention it again i'm sure later and a few times in between but so you're both planning a show a concert together right uh please share the details of that and that's in september right Okay, so right it off the is? top of the school yes. year, your new parents, you said, let's throw some more in the pile and let's, uh, let's make yeah, it happen. No kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I like yeah. it. They're bored. Yeah, wow. <laughs> we needed another project to work on because we I understand. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, please tell us about the show and what to expect, where it's going to be taking place, and everything else. <laughs> sure. I can, uh, I can start, and then Saros, you can, you can pick it up. Um, the show is on September 14th at 7.30 p.m. at uh, 918 Bathurst, okay. which is a beautiful venue near Bathurst and nice. Bloor. Uh, the show is something we've been planning for a couple of years now. Okay. So right before the pandemic hit, uh, we did a bunch of presentations together, which I can get into in a little bit. Uh, but basically, they were centered around music and health and the impact that music has on our everyday lives, mm. um, inspired by the stories from Sarah Rose's work as a music therapist. Nice and partnered with my work as a performing musician and we thought uh it would be great to pair these stories yeah. with performances and i'm basically uh, i'm mostly a classical musician mm -hmm. and and that's sort of my world so the idea was yeah. to kind of bring new context to some of these pieces that gotcha. uh, may be a little more 
challenging sort of to get into and to listen to, but through these stories, um, you know, we can kind of present them in a new light. And mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's it, the, the inspiration though really is Sarah Rose and her uh, amazing stories. Wow. That sounds complex. So it's a, it's a combination of storytelling, uh, live instrumental music and vocals. So kind of three parts. Yes. So hmm. okay. it really mirrors my work at the hospital because I see people across generations, anybody 18 and over really is who is treated at Princess Margaret. So I walk into a room and I meet with people of all ages. So their musical tastes vary. This is going True, to be right. shown in the concert because we're going to have a bunch of different styles of music. But to Andrew's point, Sometimes when we go to a concert, we don't necessarily have context for a piece of music, especially if it's an unfamiliar piece of music. Right. But there will be context right. for every piece of music that we perform, be it a Debussy piano trio or a piece of music by the Beatles or Lady Gaga. There wow. will be a patient story attached. So uh, it will be like shining a completely oh, wow. different light on that piece of music. And I will say, just ethically, all the patient stories are true, but they are anonymized and changed. So you wouldn't be able to tell who the patient right. is. Right. but they are all fundamentally true stories wow that's awesome yeah i'm just trying to wrap my head around that i mean it's it, it's 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 such a cool concept but also so important and i mean the work that you both do is extremely important and we've had you on before and talked about it a little bit sarah rose but um it it's really impactful so i guess just bring this sort of to the public eye in a setting that can be enjoyed as music and as a performance as a concert but also with all the you know the backstory that goes with it is is pretty cool actually last time you were on i think you almost made me cry i was going through a little bit of uh <laughs> yeah yeah that. no it was uh <laughs> all jokes aside it was it was uh, around the time that my grandmother passed away and you were telling the stories mm. of how music like eased people during that and it's just like it hit me like a ton of bricks so um, but yeah, through the conversation, I, I felt a lot better and a little bit more at ease. So what you do is just, I keep, I keep saying it, but it's super important. Um, but let me jump back to the show before I start to cry again. Um, how, <laughs> so what was the process like? Cause you're taking real life stories, um, and then combining it with the music. And then like you mentioned like Lady Gaga so and the Beatles. So you're using different genres and different eras of music. How has that come together to become like a piece? I think that the inspiration started with years ago, me coming home from work and, you know, I'd hear a piece of music on the radio and I'd say to Andrew, this piece hits differently because mm -hmm. I have this story attached to it. And he would say, you know, the public doesn't know like, really what music therapy is. True. We need to share this right. message. And this is such an accessible way to understand the healing power of music because we all feel it. And to your point, thank you for bringing up like such a, such a, a sensitive but powerful topic in your own life, Anthony. We all have connections to people through music because right. music triggers yes. memories. So Andrew said, you know, like, yeah. let's do this let's publicize this in a way that um people can really access so we started to do like mini versions so we'd tell one story and do a performance together okay. and this grew and grew the pandemic hit classic right. pandemic story we mm -hmm. paused mm -hmm. we did some things online a lot online actually yeah, yeah. but kept revisiting this idea of a full-length 
self-produced concert where we tell many stories with many genres of music. Mm. And it really moves me to hear Andrew play as a professional cellist and multi-instrumentalist. I love connecting and doing my thing and telling stories in combination with his musicality and prowess as a performer. So that's really how it came together. Wow. It it actually, it started with one particular story. Um, Sarah Rose wrote... I think it, it started as a bit of a, a journal entry for her um, after a particularly uh, impactful day mm. at work. And then she ended up uh, writing a st- and publishing this story called That's How the Light Gets mm. In. Um, I didn't read it at first, <laughs> uh, but eventually I, I found myself in a place where I wanted to read yeah. the story. And it just hit me so hard. And I said, you know, the world needs to know. Uh, because it centers around some Leonard Cohen songs. And, mm. you know, these are songs that you've heard maybe thousands of times right. and suddenly you hear it again and you're like this okay this is different this time you know this this a new layer to my understanding right. and from you know i'm in that classical music tradition and there's a big movement in the last five to ten years uh to make classical music more accessible mm-hmm. and there's a bunch of amazing groups trying amazing different things whether it's different venues or adaptive concerts for neurodiverse audiences mm-hmm. or just bringing music to um, different populations yeah. and I thought you know what's what's our sort of way in to making classical music accessible right and um, yeah that was like Sarah Rose said that was a big part of the inspiration because these stories do add layers and then you do whether you know the piece or not like you, you listen differently you play it differently right. sure. yeah, yeah for sure emotion. so I think as an audience member it's yeah you know going on that journey with the stories and the music is something we've wanted to do uh, for a long time wow, I like it and is it just a, a collaborative a collaboration between you two or is there any other artists involved in this event on uh, the 14th yes on the 14th we have some amazing collaborators joining us um, the instrumentalist there's a pianist named Jaliang Ju who I've worked oh, with okay. for a number of years uh, she's incredible we have a violinist named Bora Kim mm. uh, who is just an unbelievable musician and a uh, a vocalist and guitar player, and also music therapist, Michaela Bikken. Nice. Ah, um, uh, okay. That's extraordinary, you know, um, also theater actress. And, yeah. Uh, All-around wonderful person. So we have a, a quite a, a great team that we've put together for this particular show. Nice. Beautiful, beautiful. And uh, I know we know Sa- a little bit about Sarah's history, but let's go back for a second, kind of talk about how you not only became you know involved in this project but also your musical background how you started how you became a teacher you know whatever you want to share but i, I am curious about your musical journey as, as well yes sure <laughs> uh, yeah <laughs> no problem um i guess you know music's been a part of me for as long as i can remember i my dad started playing the cello as an adult he started taking lessons when he was wow. 40 impressive uh, which was the same year yeah the same wow. year that i was born so uh when I was our son's age, I was listening to my dad play the cello. And as soon as I could walk and talk, I, I started asking for my own little cello. Uh, so my parents got me a, uh, I think it was an eighth size. It's basically yeah, a violin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it was this tiny yeah. little thing. Yeah. Uh, they got it for me one Christmas when I was three wow. years old, and I started taking lessons. And um, I kind of went through the traditional roots, lessons, conservatory. Mm. Right. Um, you know, found my way into music program at U of T and university um, did all the sort of degrees and started freelancing uh, and just yeah I've always wanted to be a performer and a musician I love it so much 
Right. Um, yeah, really cool. The tricky thing is in the classical music world, it's um, you start freelancing, you start gigging, you start performing, and you get all these great mm-hmm. opportunities. But sometimes there's an itch to, to do something more. Mm, for uh, sure. And my thought process was, you know, there are so many amazing musicians in this world. There's yeah. so many amazing cellists right here in Toronto. True. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so many of them are playing the same pieces I'm playing, Beethoven, Brahms, Bach. Right. Uh, and so incredibly well. True. So I thought to myself, you know, who wants to pay to see me do that? <laughs> There's so many people doing it. Fair. So, right. what, you know, what can I bring to this music? Yeah. What can I bring to this music that's a different angle or a different viewpoint? And I've been, you know, trying to figure that out for a long time. Gotcha. Probably since I finished my master's degree, like over 10 oh, wow. years ago, mm-hmm. you know, what, what can I do a little bit differently? Uh, and once Sarah Rose and I started, you know, sharing stories and sharing ideas, it was like, the, I think this is... This is the thing. This is it. This is the thing. Yeah, yeah. I I will just add to your um, uh, your bio, so to speak. You're being very (laughs) humble. Um, Andrew's a multi instrumentalist. He's an excellent guitar player, drummer, Mm. and music producer, and has a doctorate in. (laughs) He has his doctoral degree in um, cello performance, and his his research was in cello and technology and the pairing of cello music with looping pedals which is something he does a lot of and okay. i just i wanted to throw that out there because i thought you two would be interested in that yeah as well. we are you threw it definitely yeah i'm catching it taking the shot you got to tell us a little bit about cello and technology these looping pedals so um sure, i mean sure. cello is not a mainstream instrument um in a lot of to a lot of people at least so I guess by what I said, it's not a mainstream instrument. However, it's a beautiful instrument. um, And just taking such a classical uh, instrument away from that, I know we've talked to people who have uh, told us that there's some resistance and hesitation, maybe some snobbishness that happens in certain certain worlds. Mm -hmm. So yeah, can you just tell us a little bit about um, how you've taken the cello and can I say made it cool? Sure. I'm sure it's already cool, but made yeah, it cooler. Yeah, please do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I cooler. hope so. Yeah. That's what I'm doing a little bit of. Yeah. Uh, so the research started, um, I, I was very interested in cello and electronic music, which, I mean, <sighs> shockingly started in the 50s huh. with avant-garde classical okay. music. You know, lots of European composers writing. I mean, if you heard it, it's like really out there, like right. bizarre Let's stuff. Check that out. Um, okay. A lot of yeah, no lot of like noise and you know some of these early composers would use tape loops okay um, right. so they'd pre-record splice it up they'd loop it and you'd play with these tape loops yeah uh, and you you know you need like seven people to play one oh. piece <laughs> for cello and tape loop just to operate all the machinery That's funny. Um, so I, I got really interested in that kind huh. of music and then um, that expanded into like really interesting contemporary classical mm. music but I also love I mean, I love pop, I love rock, I love jazz, I love, I kind of listen to everything. Yeah. Um, And so, you know, I did all that research for my doctorate, but separate from that, I started just fiddling around with a looping pedal. Uh, I wrote a piece for cello and looper, just a a very sort of ethereal, soundscapey thing as a bit of an experiment. Uh, And and that went over really well. And then I started doing some social media stuff uh, during COVID where I would take, you know, popular themes, I would take... Uh, like movie themes, TV themes, video game themes, and I yeah. would build up the layers using my looper. Very cool. And I started doing like a guess the theme kind of thing, right? So like yeah. layer one, bass, layer two, inner voice, and uh, you know, and it would be like Star Wars or Zelda or something yeah. cool like that. Right, um, right. That's cool. And that got a lot of attention. So you know, I I, I have a lot of fun with that. Oh, it sounds um, like fun. So I walk between like composing, 
performing. Some of it is more fun, like social media mm-hmm. stuff. Um, but I think, you know, some people think it's kind of cool. I think it's very hey, cool. I'm one of them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah definitely. Yeah. definitely. Wow. Um, do you get any pushback on that sort of, uh, I don't know. From the purists? Not really. The purists? really? I, I think a lot of, yeah, I gotta say like the younger generations, like um, our age and younger, like a lot of people are, are very into expanding. Yeah you know what classical instruments can do there's a lot right. of cool groups out there doing that gotcha um i don't know if you've seen these like the candlelight concerts around the I city have, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I play in some of okay, those and they're cool. wildly oh, okay. popular yeah. so yeah. you know you see strings doing taylor swift and right. beyonce and uh, and anime and all kinds of cool yeah. stuff so uh people are a lot more open than they used to be if right. I say used to be, I mean even like when we were in school 15 yeah, years ago. Yeah, things have changed. You didn't, you didn't do that. You didn't, right. you didn't play pop music. That was like you were a sellout. <laughs> and now, yeah, now it's sort of that's what I'm thinking so. back to uh, with some of my references. Yeah. What was that like, though? Like the time in school um, when that was still sort of the popular way of thinking about classical music? Ever want to hit somebody with a cello? Of... I'm just joking. <laughs> kind of, Yeah. <laughs> I've got my carbon fiber cello right here. Can you here, see so that? that? Just that in case. Oh, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, very cool. Wow. Nice. Yeah, very cool. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, that was tricky because I did feel like a lot of our like friends and colleagues and classmates wanted to do something different, but there was sort of this, you had to play within this. Rigid guidelines. Yeah, 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 yeah. Makes sense. Yep. Rigid guidelines. So I think there was a bit of growing pain in the industry. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think the internet social media you know seeing um how popular some of that stuff can be really changed the perspective on True. it you know yeah. post a video that's a minute long and you go into your analytics and you see okay three million people watch yeah. this right. and the average view time was you know 45 seconds out of 50 seconds and so you're like well in terms of eyeballs and minutes yeah. watched more people just watched me play the star wars theme than you know, you know yo-yo ma on his last yeah. world tour so yeah, yeah, there's yeah. some validity to that <laughs> yeah you know so people yeah. started to be like okay this is kind of cool actually yeah yeah wow no kidding but yeah. then you played the other instruments too so when did when did you start playing like for instance guitar and drums was that all just growing up as well yeah yeah that was like teenage you know wanted to be in the new Led was there ever a time where one of those instruments <laughs> was at the forefront or was it sort of cellos the direction but these are just other things i do yeah it was mostly okay. cello but actually i don't know if sarah rose has told you this but we were in a band together mm. uh, oh just over 10 years ago we had spent a couple years doing mm. that and you know we kind of played the old toronto haunts we played Hor- okay Horseshoe nice and yeah combo and opera house yeah and she played nice. keys and sang i was on drums so we had some fun with That's that really cool would you guys ever bring that back Maybe for close friends. Right. Consider okay. us close Fair friends enough. and Fair let enough. us know when it's happening. Yeah, <laughs> you'll, you'll get an invite. Yeah, okay. No, well, that's really cool. And would you guys ever incorporate original music in like these shows that you're doing? Would you ever write something or like produce something original for a story of one of your patients? That's a great mm. question, and I'm going to pass it to Sarah Rose to talk about her her patient songs. Fair, yeah. Yes, absolutely. I do a lot of improvisation, as I think I've mentioned to you both on previous podcasts. So in that sense, original music, I improvise a lot. But as you know, I write a lot of songs with patience. So those will feature Mm -hmm. um, in our shows. I find those extremely powerful because those are written with people who don't necessarily self-identify as musicians. But it's their story being told and our collaboration. I do a lot of what I like to call the heavy musical lifting. 
Yep. And the patient right. tells their story and we collaborate in that way. So as far as originals, mm-hmm. I'd say between patient songs and improvisation, although to Andrew's point about his writing and composing, I think um, going forward, we're going to, I think we're going to incorporate more and more um, because there's a lot to draw on there. So nice. yeah. yeah, for sure. Yeah, that sounds cool. Beautiful. Can't wait. Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess we'll just go back to the, cause you mentioned it again, the music therapy part and more so the songs that you're writing with patients are those i mean how does it work are those strictly private for the families or is that something that can never be released or is something that you've thought about because it could be interesting to release as a body of work kind of as a tribute to all these patients and their families i have thought about it and so technically every song that i write is strictly for the patient okay um unless we talk about it and unless a decision is made otherwise. And many patients are very happy to have their songs shared. Um, some patients, I will bring it up to them and say, are okay. you comfortable if I use this for educational purposes and, and use this as a teaching tool? Are you comfortable if I share this in a performance? And hmm. I don't think I've ever had a patient say no. Okay. Um, it's very tender as to when I ask somebody if that's a possibility. Right. Um, I don't ask everybody. Um but it is wonderful when a patient says yes, or, or the actual coolest thing is when they say, my song? You want my song yeah. to be out there? Wow, yes, and they're so touched. Wow. And ideally, yes, I would love to share these songs with the world more broadly, but mm. I only have permission for um, a, a handful. Okay. Um, right. Patients can share them with whoever they want, but as far as Fair. me, yeah. I have to get at actual permission for that yeah makes sense yeah i was curious that makes sense yeah absolutely and during that writing process can you describe what it's like i know we've talked about it in previous episodes but just for people that haven't gone back shame on you first off but (laughs) i'm i'm curious or they're i'm sure curious as to what that writing process is like with a patient Oh, sure. Thanks for asking. I love describing it because it's such a unique way to write a song. Mm -hmm. So typically, the patient doesn't have any songwriting experience. Occasionally, I will work with a songwriter or a musician. But for the Mm -hmm. most part, I ask the patient to tell me their story. And I have prompting questions that guide them. So they're pretty standard questions in my work. Who do you want to write this song for? What do you want this person to feel while they're listening to the song? Mm. What do you want to feel as you're listening to this song? Is there a message you want to send? Does this song have lyrics? Is this song purely instrumental? Do you want to sing it? Do you want to speak the words while I underscore like a soundtrack? So I give them a bunch of options. And together we decide what it's going to look like, what instruments we're going to use. I'm predominantly a pianist, so typically there's a piano accompaniment. But sometimes right. it's, it's solo voice and sometimes uh, patients get really creative and they want just drums and voice or yeah. just guitar. Yeah. And it's really nice when they can incorporate sometimes family members in the process. So I have my really preset cool. questions. Sure, yeah. okay. And I often, especially if patients are a little bit nervous, I say, talk to me, tell me your story. And they'll start to talk and I yeah. start to write very detailed notes. Mm-hmm. I then take my detailed notes and I look for themes. I pull out the themes. If I hear a recurring phrase or word or idea or emotion, that becomes the chorus. Mm, makes sense. And right. so it's a collaborative process. I'll take yeah. it back to the patient and say, here's what I've, I've heard you say to me. How does this sound? And we'll tweak. We'll tweak words and phrases, etc. I tend to come up with the melody, but I 
always ask the patient for ideas and they're mm. rarely musical ideas. I say, what color is this song? What type oh, of weather okay. do you want in this song? And that that's easy for them to describe. I'm not going to say what chord do you want here? That's inaccessible right. usually. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Makes sense. So through this process, we go back and forth a couple times, but I, I will say the coolest sometimes experiences are very short. I had a patient mm-hmm. who was so excited to write a song with me, but I came back the following day to do it, yeah. and she had declined quite a bit. She was very, very sick, and mm-hmm. she couldn't really speak very right. much. So I, I held mm-hmm. her hand and I said, do you still want to try this? Because I can do this with you. Just give me a couple words. Hmm. That's all I need. And she said, love family, hope. Mm. Those are the only three words she had and she closed her eyes and I could tell the fatigue was just so extreme. So I sat there with her, with my keyboard, and I sang those words on a loop with different chord progressions. I recorded the whole thing. I just sang those three words to her while she listened. And that recording was the song for her family. Just those three words. So it can look so many different ways. Yeah, yeah. Wow. No kidding. Holy smokes. That's, uh, yeah, that's, that's a yeah. lot. Um, I had a question, but then I got caught it's up. It's hard, yeah. I mean, when, every time we listen to you, it's just, <laughs> I guess, some, you kind of put us in this place of, like, picturing, All right. I mean, for myself, or I mean, for, I'm maybe thinking somebody I know, or just, like, being a family member, or even being that patient. It's really, uh, yeah. I don't want to say gloomy, because what you're doing is not, but just the feeling of how life kind of can take you to any place, but what you're doing is really helping people, but um, it happens yeah. to us both every time, wow, we get sort of just lose yeah. our thoughts of like, it's it's so <laughs> deep, yeah, man, it's, uh, but I, oh, you I, remember I, your question? I do remember okay. now, so can I yeah. turn the camera off as, as I, uh, just... Okay, you some tears. <laughs> ah, stop doing it to us every time. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. Let nope, it out. Let it out. We're good. Okay. Uh, Go ahead. Both of you are so like your work, your your actual careers mm-hmm. involve music so much. Do you guys still enjoy playing outside of work? Yeah. Yeah, of course we do. <laughs> um, we get that question a lot. You, know, you must play music together all the time. And, yeah, yeah. You know, after a long day at the hospital for Sarah Rose and right. I'm often performing in the evenings. Mm-hmm. Right. We usually default to like Netflix or something. Yeah, yeah, of <laughs> course. Off, yeah. Something yeah. non-musical, but we do still play together quite a bit. That's at home. cool. Um, we actually played a concert together last night. Last oh, night. wow. Uh, it's a great organization called Concerts and Care oh, and they, you know, send out different musicians to different, you know, retirement nice. homes. And, oh, nice. Um, so we had a chance to do that last night. Um, so yeah, we do, and of course, I mean, on the fourteenth, like preparing for that concert. Of course, yeah. But that's yeah. still kind of work, quote unquote, right? Do you guys just like jam one day, where you're just like, I'm just gonna jump on the piano, and um, you jump on the cello or drums? Before we had a baby. Yeah, things have changed. <laughs> right, true, right, right, right. And now, once he's right. sleeping, we want him yeah, to stay that way. So I don't jump on the drums so much. <laughs> Good point. Give it a few Good years point. until he's Fair ready enough. to jump in with you. <laughs> Um, you yeah, ever sure. interrupt yeah, each yeah. other's practice? Yeah. Maybe Sarah Rose is playing some piano and you decide to just accompany her and nothing like that happens? Is that oh. a thing? <laughs> we have okay. done that, yeah. Oh, yeah. I have strange oh, yeah. questions. Or, you know, no, it's a great <laughs> yeah, question. super strange. And sometimes it's, it's just hilarious, too. Or we'll, we'll comment on each other's mm. playing or, or, 
or I'll interrupt and be like, hey, I need to do laundry. Can you move out of the way or whatever? (laughs) Take your baby. In my my defense, it's a fair question because I've been sometimes playing piano and I have a lady who will start singing and I'm like, it wasn't really there. You know, I I wasn't going to play the whole song. I was going to go back and see if I could work on that section a little more. So I just thought I would ask another couple who's (laughs) both musically inclined. That's funny. Yeah. Good question. Thank you. I did want to circle back actually and just shout out the stethoscope because that's been such a big part of songwriting career. So this stethoscope that records heartbeats that that you both and your organization very, very generously supported and gifted to the hospital, that's become part of the songwriting trajectory. So I will actually integrate Mm. a heartbeat of a patient into a track into a song so wanted to thank you for that um so speaking actually in connection to the technology that andrew is so involved in technology Mm. is the new forefront of songwriting and music therapy i can't say i'm that well versed but i'm learning Um, but but it's nice to be able to have access to this medium so thank you thank you thank you for that can you talk about that a little bit more though because i know we've talked about it before but there might be some uh some people who haven't heard about that whole the concept of what you're doing with using a patient's actual heartbeat Siri. I'll let you say it, please. <laughs> sure, sure. So I have what is actually a, a fairly common stethoscope in medicine where you can record a patient's heartbeat and analyze the data through an app on my phone. And um, if a patient is interested in this process, and I do bring it up often enough, not with everybody. Okay. Um, I, sometimes with the help of my nursing colleagues, can find the patient's heartbeat with the stethoscope and record it directly into the stethoscope, which Bluetooths to my phone, to an app. So I have this and I can can actually upload it as a track, like say into GarageBand um, and loop it, like find a really solid couple of seconds of heartbeat and loop that. And then that becomes like a backing track. Um, it really depends on the patient and it depends on their interest in this. This work became really, really big in pediatrics. Um, so Mm -hmm. for kiddos who are in the hospital, um, music therapists would record their heartbeat, which was really, really beautiful. Um, but it can be done at any age. And you know what? Patients just find it super cool to think of their heartbeat as a musical instrument because it it is fundamentally, it's a drum. That's true. But their heartbeat then lives on beyond them which is just i can't do this show every time you come on here it's just it's too deep it's too much thinking and it's just one of those things where i just wish i could press pause for a quick second just uh but it is incredibly touching just like just that fact alone that yeah i don't know is there anyone is there ever anyone that doesn't want that like for the reasons that i'm thinking like just it's your heartbeat because i know for the family it could be it could be really cool to have, but also there's something a little bit scary, for a lack of other words, too, in that. Oh, for sure. For sure. Yes, patients say no to all kinds of different things that I offer for different reasons. Hmm. Uh, they may say no to songwriting for a number of reasons. They may say no to having their heartbeat recorded because it is quite intimate, right? It yeah. is quite vulnerable. Um, hmm. Patients often say no out of the gate if they're not really sure what something's going to involve. They may even say no to music therapy, period, because they're like, no, I don't want to sing. Like, they just don't necessarily know what it will look like. So, yes, I get a wide range of reactions. Mm, Um, Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. 
Okay. And what does a therapist do for therapy, just out of curiosity? Sing. Great question. <laughs> yeah. That's a great question. I, so it's actually part of our schooling and education. It's mandated that we have our own therapy and our own therapist. Okay. Oh. Certain programs have um, stricter regulations around that. Like if you're going to become a psychoanalyst, you need to have consistent psychoanalysis done. Um, okay. But it's highly recommended that you continue therapy in one respect or another. Um, and I did quite gotcha. a bit of it, especially mm-hmm. through uh, university and through my doctorate, through different life stages for different reasons, yeah. um, through becoming a new mom. Like I've accessed different therapy in different ways. Yeah. Uh, but I have the most amazing family and friends who, who are there for me, um, Andrew at the forefront of it, who understand my work. Yeah. Um, that's huge. That's massive. And also my colleagues, they're phenomenal. And to be able to say to a nursing colleague or a doctor, like, I'm having a day. Can we just talk about this? Because mm. this is, or just have a cry or problem yeah, yeah. thing. But the other big piece, and I think you know this about me, I love to run. Like, I just yes. love, love, love running. So yeah. that's a real yeah. physical and mental and emotional yeah. release for me. Yeah, that's such a great. I like any strenuous cardio. I think is so great for the mind and body. It's uh, really important. So remember that, kids. Cardio <laughs> is good for the mind. <laughs> the mind-body yes. connection. Yeah. Um, and what about you, Andrew? What are some of your? I know you mentioned Netflix, but like, what are your some some of your hobbies away <laughs> from music? Just to unwind and let it out. Yeah, it's a, it's a good question. Um, I mean, you know, the danger is music as a career can become kind of all encompassing if you're not careful, you know, when you're not playing, you want to practice when you're not practicing, you're thinking about it, coming up with new ideas. Mm -hmm. Um, so, I mean, definitely physical activity. I mean, I, Sarah Rose runs enough. Okay. Fair. (laughs) (laughs) We used to run together more, but, uh, but yeah. So, I mean, I play tennis and a lot of sports outside. Um, I love just doing things around the house you know, sort of handyman yeah, stuff, yeah. Um, you know, but just, yeah, just getting outside, lots of family time, especially now that's more of a priority. Of course. Yeah. Sure. Of course. Um, yeah. Yeah. And just, yeah, the, the mental break from it all, um, it, it just helps a helps. lot. Yeah. It's Do you ever try and steal some free yourself. therapy from, uh, <laughs> from Sarah Rose? <laughs> it, you know, occasionally it happens. We'll be having a conversation and she'll ask me a question and I'll be like, yeah. Therapist voice. I know that voice. <laughs> it just switches on. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Oh man, Sarah, have you noticed an influx in just the awareness of what you're doing? And has there been any more recognition or support from outside of your community in terms of musical therapy? Because I know when we first started talking, it wasn't really broadly used. It was. It, I'm just curious. Has there been any growth or um, any more support from outside? Yes, great question. So fundamentally, the, the profession is growing at a rapid rate. Every mm-hmm. year in music great. therapy graduate That's programs, awesome. there are more and more people applying to study music therapy. Okay. More and more music students are interested in it, yeah. which to me is a sign that the profession is growing. True. My referrals True. at the hospital are bananas. I get so many referrals yeah. every week, which is another sign. Um, I get a lot of applicants to study here uh, from music therapy students who have to do their internships. So again, Mm -hmm. another sign. Uh, And programs are being built and developed all over the country. I just came Mm, back from the World Congress of Music Therapy, where therapists from across the globe, music therapists came together to share research ideas. It It was a fantastic conference. And there were 
hundreds and hundreds of us. So, wow. yes, it's, nice. the research is coming out. Um, but to the to speak to all of this, actually, we've just, if I can announce this, Andrew. Please, yeah. um, oh, sorry, I'm a, I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going somewhere else. <laughs> I thought you were like, asking if you could give an exclusive right here. So, like, yeah, please do. <laughs> As you are, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, no. I figure it's, you know, we're, we're sharing it more and more widely, but we've started a private practice. Um, mm. So I do my hospital work, of course, yeah. but uh. also um, making music therapy and traditional talk psychotherapy available okay. outside of this setting. And, and hopefully our plan is to build a bigger team, um, but we are whole note psychotherapy and that's our whole note. Whole note. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh man, that well is done. so powerful. Clever name. Clever. Yeah. yeah. Let's just pause for a quick second and let that process. That's cool. Who came up with the name? Was it both at the same time? You're just like, whole note. Or no? I think it was Andrew. <laughs> I, th- I okay, think that okay. was... I'm going to say that's Andrew. It was my contribution, because I'm not contributing therapy. Fair enough. Right, so right. that <laughs> balanced it out. Great name. And so I can yeah, give yeah, the yeah. name. Yeah. <laughs> you come up with wow, most that's... of our like best ideas. They're from you. Uh, Andrew didn't say this, but one of his hobbies is just crushing the New York Times crosswords, like crushing them. Wow. It's unbelievable. Really? <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, no big deal. So, yes, that was his name. Um, and I'm cool. grateful for it. I think it encompasses what we stand for. And yeah. Amazing. That's yeah. Incredible. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah. Um, and we'll definitely look out for updates and more on on that. Very cool. Very cool. Thank you. Holy Thank smokes. You. Well, you two are doing a lot of great things. It's uh, it's incredible. I mean, we talked, uh, Dariki can probably, will agree with me. We talked to a lot of people who are doing great things, but every now and then it's just like you hear something or you hear like a line of work or just the type of work that you're doing that just makes you just sit back and like, wow, you're like music angels in the sense like the work you do is just so impactful i mean music is great and it really is it's cool and it's entertainment but you've taken it just like a step beyond that love it love it thank you so much for your support it means the world truly thank you for your great questions as well and helping us dive into this and share it because that's what we believe in is just sharing this so thank you thank you thank you yeah thank you thank you both absolutely no problem and uh real quick can you share maybe is there like any website or socials about the whole note um private i'm sorry i've lost my words the private practice that you guys have started Yes, so we have a website. Sorry, do you want to do you want to speak to this, Andrew? Actually, go ahead. Go ahead. So our website is wholenotepsychotherapy.com, and that's where okay. you can find out who we are and what we're all about. Cool. And um, updates about the practice and more information. Um, Beautiful. And there's more to come. We're we're moving into a location in the big fall, things. so there'll be more updates about that. This is a big fall. It is. You guys are just jam packed. Yeah. Wow. We like to keep busy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I mean, no, I, I feel can... like I'm lazy now compared to you guys. <laughs> Jesus. No, that's you go for a run. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then again, the show is Pulse, Stories from the Front Lines of Music and Medicine. And it's taking place September 14th at 918 Bathurst. 918 Bathurst Center for Culture, Arts, Media, and Education. Tickets are available on... Eventbrite, I hope, and anywhere else can they get? Uh, Eventbrite, or I mean, at the door. Okay. Um, okay. But but via Eventbrite. Nice. Got you. Yeah, okay. so yeah. cool. Perfect. Love it. And then we got to have you shout out your socials where people can find you online, 
keep up, yes. stay up to date with the amazing uh, long list of cool things you're working on. <laughs> yeah, so many. Uh, my socials are all at Andrew Resenzo okay. Cellist. Uh, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, all cool. that stuff. And, uh, and what about Pulse Media and... Uh, you know, you guys have several different banners. You can shout them all out. <laughs> we actually, my, my socials used to be Pulse, but I changed Okay, them. gotcha. It, it, yeah, so oh, it, gotcha, it's now gotcha. all under gotcha. the Andrew Asenzo cello umbrella, but the Saros is on okay. there too. Yep, but I will say I'm at Pulse Music Health. Okay. Um, and that's where people can find out updates about my work. And uh, and yes, and our, our whole note website is another spot. So yeah, cool. feel free to check us out. Yeah, thanks so Sweet. much. Thank you, guys. Really appreciate you guys taking the yeah. time. And well, hopefully next time we'll on. have the third member on when he gets a little bit older and can speak. <laughs> With his one-eighth one cello, he's got he's in line for the... <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah, thanks so much, guys. That's awesome. Thank you so appreciate much. Appreciate it, guys. Enjoy Thank your you long so weekend and don't work too hard. Thanks. You <laughs> thanks, you too. <laughs>